0: Hi, guys, welcome back to another episode of Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with us today. On today's episode, I have Melissa Fitzgerald. You know, Melissa, she is actually over on Instagram on One Real Mama, M O M M A. I just happened to notice some of her outfits. I'm not sure if I saw a hashtag or how exactly I got connected with her, but I love her content. I love her content and I just thought I have to get her on here, learn more about why she does what she does, so I can't wait for you to hear from her. But first, I do wanna mention and give a big thank you to our sponsor, consultationandsupervision.com. Here's the coolest part. Consultationandsupervision.com is a new directory for clinicians to be able to partner with others who might need consultation or supervision services. So what's really fantastic about this opportunity is that they have given us a code. So if you head over to consultationandsupervision.com, you can actually use the code Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, and be able to get one month free. So you want to check that out soon. Now to the show. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good to be here. Thanks. Yes. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Um, I'm wondering, can you introduce yourself to the listeners?
1: Sure. Um, so my name is Melissa Fitzgerald, and uh, let's see, I'm a mom uh, of two boys, and I live in the Midwest. I'm a wife. Um, I work in a university setting in higher education, and um, I think the reason most likely that most people would connect with me in this way would be I am on Instagram under the handle One Real Mama, and Mama is M O M M A instead of M A M A, but One Real Mama, and. Um, I think my identity kind of through that has become just to serve as an example to show different plus size outfits or different style options or having different access to different things because I myself identify as someone that um, is plus size and I always have been. So that's kind of how I'm recognized, I guess.
0: Yes, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us. I have to tell you, I don't know that we talked about this, but I'm actually originally from Illinois.
1: I saw that. Did you? It's yeah. Not. Yeah. yeah. My online creeping skills are yeah. somewhat advanced, um, <laughs> which I'm semi embarrassed about. But, no. uh but yeah, I saw that, and because my son was asking me, he's like, "Well, where is this lady from?" And I, I was telling him, and he's like, "Well, how have you been there?" And I said, "No," and, and I said, "But she's originally from Illinois." He's like, "Oh yeah, well, we've been there," and I was like, "Yes, yes, we've yes,
0: been to, yes, not too far from there." So that is fantastic. You know, um, I was thinking back to how I found out about you, and I really think it was completely random. I was on Instagram. Um, I think you used a hashtag. This is why hashtags can be so important <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> is, uh, because I think you used the hashtag and it must have popped up. Um, maybe I should go back a little bit. Probably about six months ago, I was really thinking to myself, you know, that I wanted to kind of revamp my um, wardrobe for work. I get really in the habit of wearing the same thing over and over again. I just like, I I don't like to have to think about a lot about things like that. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll just like see what other people are wearing to work. And, and I couldn't find anybody really that had like work setting closes and plus size. And so that was, um, it was, well, it was a bummer to be honest with you. And I even Mm -hmm. talked with one of my good friends and I was like, why is no one doing this? This is so sad. And then honestly, probably, I don't know, a few weeks later, I found you and I was so excited (laughs) about your mission and your work. So I just really wanted to have you on here, you know, to share, you know, really like what, what was your passion behind starting that?
1: Um, so it's semi-selfish actually. (laughs) Um, so let's see, I think, my kids now, my boys are five and seven, my oldest is almost eight. And so I I went through the period that I think a lot of women do after having kids where you've poured into them when they're little, you're just kind of surviving. Um, At least that was our experience. Um, And to get everybody out the door and in one piece and into daycare on time and nobody's crying, like that was a successful morning. And then we kind of shifted into that phase of people still weren't dressing themselves but I was kind of gaining my professional identity back, or at least I never lost my professional identity but I feel like I was starting to put my emphasis back into my professional career rather than um thinking about like oh at least I am comfortable in my career and I can really focus on learning this mom thing I was flipping back into how can I kind of grow and advance as a professional again and with that came like a, a realization that I needed to look at my wardrobe and what it looked like. Um, And my body had changed a lot. So I have always, always, always been plus size. Like I went on, you know, my first, my mom encouraged me or told me to go on my first diet when I was very young. There's a lot of stuff there, a lot, which we won't get into because it's not necessarily, I mean, we can, if you want, but it's not style related. Um, But I think because of that, I think I've always felt challenged to find things that make me look uh, presentable and um, in the roles that I'm in at work, I have to dress in a way where it can be business casual um, in some aspects, but I've always got to be able to either step it up or step it down. But I'm also in education, so I don't have the budget necessarily to be able to have like, oh, these are my lounge clothes. And these are my mom clothes. And then I also teach. And so these are my teaching clothes. Like I just, I needed something that was really versatile and really flexible. And so I actually was taking an online style course for our home. We had just moved at the same time, which added another round of chaos to our lives. And um, I started thinking about like, I dress my home in neutrals. And then that was part of the course. Like, how do you dress your home? And when I was taking that course, I was thinking about the fact that I have almost all neutral furniture and then I can mix and match. So I'm known to pull a piece from the basement. I'm not. I asked my husband to, Uh but to pull pull a piece up from the basement and it's none of it necessarily. I don't decorate in sets um, or anything like that. But then I could pull out a Christmas plaid pillow and a throw and something else and then right there's my holiday look that's up for three to four weeks and then I'm done with it and it's low commitment but I have options. And so when I started thinking about that, because I felt I felt like I knew what I was doing in that department, I really went back to my closet at that same time. So this was about three ish years ago. So Jack, my youngest would have been two, two and a half. And I felt like okay, this is probably what my body is. You know, like I after that second baby it was like, well, well let's see what happens. You know, you don't really know what things are going to level out as. And um, I've never since having Jack, I've never been someone that's been like, I'm going to get to a certain size before I invest in clothes. Because for me, if I now that doesn't mean I don't buy cheaper clothes because I do buy cheaper clothes Um, or expensive clothes. It just depends. But why wait? And so I went through and I cleared everything out of my closet that was not a neutral. And I started with like a chambray shirt, a denim jacket. So these would be like my staple pieces. Um, Black jeans, dark denim, light denim, um, things that I couldn't even wear to work probably. But still it was neutral. And then I thought, how does this make me feel? And I felt I was bombed. I was like where like where is my where are where's my fun. And so then I realized like I dressed in neutrals for just a couple of weeks including my workwear like gray slacks, black slacks, a gray sweater. It was winter at the time that I was doing this. And so neutrals were a little bit easier to pull off, I think. And then I started adding back in just the things that made me feel good. So like I remember I wore a plum colored sweater from Lands' End. I don't know why my memory holds on to stuff like this, but it does. Um, and when I wore that, I felt energy, like I felt like I had energy, not even that I was looking for compliments, but I was like, it made me feel good. And so it's not even so much about the color, but I started really paying attention to how do my clothes make me feel? And so I really challenged myself in that first year. I started taking pictures of myself in my mirror in my closet of assessing at the end of the day did did something feel good like did my underwear ride up during the day I mean we all have that pair right (laughs) where you're like it's at the bottom of the drawer why why do we have that pair why throw it away Mm -hmm. I mean you're not doing anything else with it if you literally dread that pair at the bottom of the drawer throw it away and make it a non-option and I was taking lessons that I had learned from a style course That was like three to four weeks at the time, but it's so funny to me that that's how it influenced my life in that way because I realized like the point of the course and one of the workshops that we did was keep what you love and let go of what you don't. And when you let go of what you don't, all of a sudden, all of the responsibility for maintaining those things that you don't love leaves and it creates space to truly enjoy what you do have. And of course that's true when you're surrounded by couches and pillows and whatever, accessory type stuff in your home. But then when I looked at it from my closet, there was so much guilt wrapped into so many clothes that were in there. Like this is a dress that I spent $109 on and I only wore once, but I didn't really like it. But I kept it because I remembered spending $109 on that at the time that we had two little kids in daycare And that was a huge expense for us. And so I really, I really just started like combing through my closet. What, what brings me not, not like the Marie Kondo method, but what brings me joy in a way that I don't feel obligated or guilt to keep something. And then at the end of the day, how do I feel? So I throw the pair of underwear. Mm -hmm. If the jeans sag, you know, and get low throughout the day um, and they didn't work, they go in the donate pile. Um, if, and I got pretty low on clothes for a while, my husband's like, what are you doing? Like, and for me, it became a challenge to say, okay, it's okay for me to go into a store and try on 30 things and walk out with one or walk out with none. And that doesn't mean I'm a failure. I had to flip the script in my head to really think through and say, I'm not a failure. In fact, I'm successful. And that I walked out of the store with either nothing and I know why I walked out with nothing or I walked out with the one thing that I know that I can use in multiple ways. And so that, so there's kind of like, I'll talk about that. I'm sure at some point, but there's kind of another layer to that of, I challenge myself then to be able to use things multiple ways because for our lifestyle and for our, like what I do for work, that was something
0: that was really important. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you for talking us through that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. There were so that was so many a lot, sorry. No, no, that was great. No need to apologize. That was fantastic. I was listening to like every word. Um what I what I really love about it too is it seems like there were really pivotal moments where you like reframed your thinking. So like you changed the way that you were thinking about that that ultimately um changed your life and changed the way that then you moved forward with things. That's that's fantastic. That's really great. Yeah. 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 You know, um I have to share too that I I think it was like maybe the second episode on the podcast, I'm pretty sure. So I interviewed Mandy and she's from Fashion Unfolded by Mandy. And I had actually um, worked with her to help like edit my um, closet and wardrobe. And one thing that she recommended to me, which is kind of along the same lines, but not exactly, is like to go through there and anything that like does not fit like right away, like just get rid of that. And that was like where I first started. There's a lot more to the editing than that. But um, so I started there. And even just knowing that you can walk in your closet and find something, like every single thing fits you. You don't have to think like, oh, well, that doesn't fit. I'll have to wait a little bit until I lose weight to do that. Or this, you know, this isn't 100% or this rides up and I don't want to wear it. Like that, that feeling was way more freeing than I ever realized it would be.
1: Oh yeah, like getting rid of gold clothes, like they are the bane of my existence. Like mm-hmm. when we were, um, when I was growing up, my mom would buy me goal clothes because she thought that it would motivate me to lose weight (laughs) and um and and maybe it would have at the time I don't know but it and and I don't think that that's specific to my mom or her parenting style I think that's like kind of an 80s 90s diet culture that was there I mean it was it was prevalent I mean my mother-in-law who's much smaller than her like I still hear her talk like that. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like you can walk into any store and anything fits you. Yes.
0: Um,
1: but it's a, it's a mindset that that generation and that parenting generation, I think, um, they themselves adopted and we watched growing up. So I'm 37, just to like give a time frame, And I really think that a lot of people between the ages of late 20s to maybe upper 40s Probably really identify with what we, you know, we watched our moms going to. Maybe I'm generalizing, but going to Jenny Craig, yep. Going to Weight Watchers for the weekly weigh-ins, um, talking about counting points, talking about all these things, and that creates then I think worth and value related to clothes when there is a guest room closet with goal clothes, mm-hmm. or the main closet that your parent or your mother has is filled with clothes that have tags on them because really they're a 14, a size 14 or a 16, but it's a 12 because it's gorgeous and it was a good deal. And if I work hard enough, I can fit in that plaid skirt. Mm-hmm. And so that mentality, I think is just something a lot of us were raised with. And now that there were of an age in, in my generational group where we're starting to raise our own kids or we have been raising our own kids. I think for me, I'm I feel really lucky that I have boys in some ways because I think it helps break that cycle. And also because the mix and match options for boys, it's like, well, would you like to wear black, navy, or gray today? Like it's pretty, right. it's pretty basic. <laughs> um, and so it it lets me kind of have some creative freedom in what I try and what I do without having necessarily the same hesitation or fear that I have a little girl watching me every morning, try all these different outfits on and, and worried about, is she worried that I'm assessing my self-worth based on my clothes? Mm -hmm. Because for me, that's not what it's about at all, but I, I'm really careful to not set that example because I, I think that that's where a lot of my emotional attachment and my, um, honestly, my interest for clothing probably developed from, but then the mind shift came from this is not something that defines who you are but it can it can affect your experience in the way that you experience life and so for me if I feel good and energetic and I feel comfortable not sloppy like for me I don't want to be you know like sloppy but Uh like comfortable (laughs) yes um so I'm not wearing clothes that are too tight just because there's a certain number on the tag, like letting go of the number. Some things I'm in a, like I have a skirt that I had to order from Loft the other day. I ordered it three times. I ordered it in a 24, a 20, and an 18. And I'm usually a 24, 26, and the 18 fit. So had I still been in the mindset like I was 10 years ago, I'd been like, I got into an 18. No I didn't, the sizing was insane on that skirt. And my waist is 10 times smaller, not 10 times, that's an exaggeration, but my waist is the smallest part of me. And the way that the skirt was cut, it was flared out. But in the same way, I can't wear Land's End jeans unless they're 26, because they're too straight cut. And so I had to get over the shame of the number game and realize that when I walk out the door, if I feel put together, and if I feel like I've done the work to have the options, then it's not about having goal clothes. It's not about walking into your closet and feeling like my closet is full. So right there, there's this feeling of obligation. Something must work if your closet is full. But then if there's really only five or six pairs of pants in there total, but only two are work appropriate that work, all of a sudden you feel limited in my opinion. And so then you're feeling kind of stressed. And then you feel like, I don't I don't have time or I can't put all these things together. And that then leads to when you walk out the door, feeling down about what you're wearing and yourself, but then also guilt that your closet is full of stuff that doesn't work. And so it just is a cycle that repeats itself over and over and over again. And I think giving yourself permission to say, I've been doing this wrong for X amount of years, let's start again. and I do get in I I do still screw up. Like there are some things where like, um, I'm trying to think. I I bought a sweater the other day and not the other day, it was a couple months ago. And I was like, Oh, this is so cute, blah, blah, blah. And it was Target, like twenty nine ninety nine or something, right? And twenty nine ninety nine at Target is a pricier item, but still in the grand scheme of things, that's not gonna usually set most people back. And I remember thinking, oh, I could probably wear this X amount of ways. Well, what I wasn't really paying attention to was the color of it. And it was pretty seasonal. Like it was like, this is pumpkin spice. I'm probably going to wear this in September and maybe the first couple weeks of October. And so was that really a smart purchase? Or now is that something that's going to be in my closet for X amount of weeks, you know? and doesn't make sense to buy because if in a six-week time frame I'm probably only going to wear it twice maybe three times if I include one weekend wear so now I'm looking at something and I'm like is that sweater three times out of a year and am I still going to love it a year from now probably not because some other fast fashion target piece is going to come along and I'm going to be wooed and wowed by it and I'm going to be like well that's only (laughs) $29.99 and so Giving yourself permission to say, I screwed up, I think is the thing that makes this process okay. And it's hard, I think, with I mean, I'm on Instagram, right? I'm on there saying like, look, I found this or, but I do it not to make money or encourage people to spend money, but to help people realize that for people that are different sizes, whatever those sizes are, not the standard sizes that there are options and that it's worth the work to put it in because it's hard. You can get on Instagram and all of a sudden you can, you can have a cart full up to four or $500. If you're watching certain, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely crazy. Um, But then you, I think you just really have to question like what's motivating you to do that. If, if your motivations are right, then I think that, and you have the budget that's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, I love that um you said, you know, give yourself the permission to do things differently. I think that that is huge. That's huge throughout life in general. Like you don't always have to do the same thing and a lot of times what we always do doesn't always work for us. And so being able to change that. And like really who hasn't been wooed by like a target shirt <laughs> right. year
1: to the right. next. Oh my gosh. I mean, I it's like you. I I don't know. I they're, they're on point. They know what they're doing. I mean, and they're doing good work over there. So that Target app or whatever, I mean, and and I think too, it's easy access because it's the type of store that you have to walk into where and get things. And so it's like, I'm going to treat myself, which is okay. If that brings you joy, I don't think that that's horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's a much cheaper option than other things that are out there but then what does it do then on the style side and on the closet side and does it bring does it weigh you down then in the end
0: yeah absolutely you know one thing that I know for me personally over these last couple of years that I've tried to be more aware of um, is really buying like quality items for things that I'm going to wear more often You know, it's, I'll be honest, I am pretty frugal and (laughs) really frugal and it is hard for me to spend a lot on certain things. You know, even, um, I live up in North Dakota now, so, you know, we have to have a lot of boots. Let's be realistic. Right. But the thing with boots, we wear them so much here that honestly, if you just get like a cheaper pair, they break down pretty quickly because of the wear. Um, And and so I've been thinking like, why don't I just invest, especially on a pair that I can wear more frequently? They're going to last longer. I'm going to love them. They're probably going to be way cozier, (laughs) but it's almost like getting yourself to that mindset. I really do think a lot of that goes back to like feeling like you are like worth taking some steps like that and worth spending that money on, especially as moms when we have families, I think. Yes. There's a lot of that guilt.
1: A thousand percent. I think too um okay, so my two I remember my two like big investment pieces for and for me it's footwear. And um and I I shouldn't say I'm thankful for this, but I developed plantar fasciitis uh probably Two and a half years ago, so I was kind of already on my style journey, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but two and a half years ago, in my right foot, to the point where I, like I was hobbling around the house, something had to change. Well, I was wearing cheapy shoes, like the stuff you pick up at Famous Footwear or Kohl's or Target or you know, whatever. And so, um, I went to where did I go? A physical therapist to like get my foot looked at. And they're like, you have to be wearing super supportive shoes. And they gave me a couple name brands to be looking at. And I went and I looked those up and I had sticker shock. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm not spending $160 on a pair of flats because I looked in my closet and I thought I have 25 pairs of shoes. There's no way I could afford that. So again, it made me really focus on, okay, if I, because five pairs of shoes at the time to replace my shoes was a huge expense to us. And, um, and it was winter. I remember it was winter <laughs> and just thinking like, but I couldn't get around. It, it wasn't an option. And so it made me really think about things, but in taking care of that, my back no longer hurts. Like I, um, yes, I spend more money on my shoes, but now I wear the right shoes all the time and the right boots all the time and the right flip flops. I mean, there's like supportive stuff out there. Yes, it does cost more, but, um, then I wear them a lot more often. So the first pair of ankle boots that I got and I ordered a ton. So I order like anywhere from 10 to 12 pairs of shoes, probably per pair of shoes that I keep. Mm -hmm. And so living in the Midwest, that can be a little intimidating. Um, I don't, so you can do it a couple different ways. There's Amazon wardrobe. um, So that you can order up to eight items. You don't get charged for the first seven days. So basically you get to try it on in your own home for seven days, and then you get to ship it back for free, and you're not charged. Your credit card is not charged, but after the seventh day, um, if you haven't initiated the return through UPS or whatever, then your credit card is charged. You still can return the item just like regular Amazon Prime if you needed to, but um, you wouldn't, you would get charged then beyond that seventh day. So that's one way to do it. We. And The way we do our budgeting and our finances and stuff, we put everything on our credit cards and then pay them off at the end of every month just because it gives us so many points and cash back and travel and all that kind of stuff. But because of that, like I do Zappos a lot or shoes.com or um, just straight up regular Amazon. I do Nordstrom because I can order those. They'll get here in two to three days. So yes, I order a ton of shoes, but then I ship them back within probably five days and then it's back on the credit card within a week I, like and so i'm still only getting charged for the pair that i potentially kept so the first big pair of uh boots that i ordered were dance go and they were 160 dollars and i remember thinking oh my gosh i hope these work like uh because it was so expensive to me but i couldn't walk like i literally couldn't walk without the supportive arch and on my right side and um Because I still was in a lot of foot pain and it took months for that to heal. I still wasn't sure if it was helping, but I could tell on my left side that already I was feeling better and that side didn't have the issues anyway. So I still, I'm two years into owning those boots. This is the third winter that I'm going into it, those ankle boots. And I still probably wear them three to five times a week to work. And so for me, three winters in the Midwest, which, you know, our Mm -hmm. winters are six plus months, if not longer. Um, They're leather, so I can like polish them or wipe them down. So I do have two pairs. So it's about a $300 investment, but I've worn, this is my third winter that I'm wearing them. And I wear them three days a week. I mean, cost per wear. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I'm not in any pain and the fact that like my body feels supported and they're cute like, (laughs) it, it, you know, it, it worked out, but I think it was a shift. And it also was a conversation with my husband because he was looking at the closet being like, uh, what are we doing here? Like you're ordering $160 shoes now. And he's seeing that there's 25 pairs of target cheapy shoes. And of course he was like, we're not doing that, you know? And I'm like, well, of course we're not doing that. But he, I think had to be willing to trust that I wouldn't do that and then the boxes and boxes that would come to the door he was like how many pairs of shoes are you ordering and then he'd see that I would only keep one but it was kind of like having everybody in our house adopt that mindset my boys don't even get excited if the package comes because it's always for me like so at Christmas time you know like some I, I hear people at work talk like oh I need to get home before the kids see the package my boys just assume everything is closed and they don't they don't even think twice about it I love so for better or for worse they don't think any i mean they know that they get things but they don't think anything is for them they don't try to peek because they just assume it's a shirt or another pair of shoes for mom
0: yes so. absolutely well thank you for sharing you know sharing that and talking us through that and i, I really do think too one thing that's really important to know is you know the, the changes that you made um but the outcome too so even if we took the cost and even just took the outcome of the quality of life that you have because sure. of the good quality of shoes and the good support i mean like i can't speak for you but for me that would absolutely be worth it a big thank you to our sponsors consultation and are you a social worker a marriage and family therapist or a counselor are you struggling to find supervision or consultation So often we find ourselves searching for clinical supervision and coming to a dead end. Or we find ourselves with someone who can provide the hours, but isn't a great match for our niche and style. Well, look no further. Go to consultationandsupervision.com and scroll through a directory of therapists providing both of these services. Here, you will find a picture, short bio, and contact information, so you can find not just any person, but the right person. And it's totally free. So head over to consultationandsupervision.com and start searching today. Now to the show. Oh,
1: a thousand percent. Well, and I think too, it really, it changes my whole um, demeanor. So like if you're in pain and, you know, and especially if you're a larger person, anyone, if anyone's in pain. But if you're a larger person, for me, I'm in pain, I have to walk across campus all the time as part of my job. But even just like walking to your car, if you're a large, you know, whatever. Um, Walking up and downstairs. And so when you are in a work environment or out and about anywhere, I think already we are preparing ourselves for potential judgment. Judgment on what we're wearing, judgment on what we're doing, judgment on what we're eating, whatever it might be we just automatically likely are preparing ourselves for that and so we probably overcompensate i think to be like i'm not in any pain where yeah you are and it's okay but if you admit why you're in pain so like plantar fasciitis i have a student that works with me she's great she's a size two she also has plantar fasciitis and it's because she runs that's why she has it but For me, I remember thinking people are just automatically going to assume it's because I'm as large as I am. And maybe they will. And for me, I'm at the point mentally and emotionally where I'm like, I don't care if they assume that. But that's taken a lot of work to get there. Um, And so I recognize that most people probably aren't there. and, And that's okay. So I think too, then you kind of have to get over that hump of I'm worth buying the expensive shoes to deal with my pain because it will impact how I experience life even just sitting at my desk because then I'm not compensating for that pain which then potentially I'm being reactive in other ways and I'm lashing out in another way or you know, like if, I don't know, like maybe you're writing an angry email or something because you're sitting there in pain. I don't know, like I, I do think that that all really affects how we feel about ourselves as we go throughout the day. If, you know, people say if I have a bad hair day well, yeah, everybody's had a bad hair day, but at the same time, like, what if you got your hair cut and you just owned it? Mm -hmm. Like so many people all the time talk to me about my hair because I've had short hair for, I cut my hair off when I was seven months pregnant with our oldest and it was a total hormonal decision, but it was like the best decision I've made as far as my hair. And when People first would see it, they would say, I can't believe you pull off your hair so well as a big girl. And I'm like, as a big girl? But that's okay that they say that. It's a, number one, it's meant as a compliment. Number two, I think that that's important for me to realize that my mindset is different than others, than a lot of other people's. And that's a good reminder to me that I do have a voice and a reason for encouraging other people You know you can have short hair you don't have to be a a size six to have short hair you you might rock an asymmetrical bob or a stacked cut or you might have awesome highlights or whatever and still be able to go into work professionally with short hair and everything i mean or at home or whatever you want to do regardless of your size and if it makes you feel confident and good, I used to have maybe two or three good hair days when my hair was like shoulder length or longer out of 10. And now I have like nine out of 10 good hair days because my hair is manageable. And because I, frankly, it's like, it does what it does. There's, I mean, it's just, it is what it is in a lot of ways. And it took a lot of the stress out of it. Like what you do with your closet, when you pare it down to you, I'm only going to have things in here that work for me. Do hair that works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, big earrings. So I wear statement earrings every single day. Um, so the, the brand that I wear every day is nickel and suede. And if people follow me on Instagram, they know that because I talk about it all the time and people will say, I love your earrings. I can't believe that you wear those earrings as a mom, or I can't believe you wear those earrings as a bigger person, or, you know, you pull those earrings off so well, I, I would never be able to do it. Like, but why? Right. They're lightweight leather earrings that hang. I, I half the time forget that they're even on. Um, and they make me feel good. It's this attitude of go big or go home. Yeah. And so it's like there's a representation in how I dress. There's a representation in how I present myself. And it's a reminder to me I'm showing up for the day. And every day I show up for me and whatever I put forward for that day And something as simple as a pair of lightweight leather earrings hanging off my ears, if that's the reminder to me, then that's what does it. Yes.
0: Yes. I love that so much. You know, I'm really fascinated by, by anyone saying though, you pull those off so good for, and then having any oh, yeah. part of the extra sentence. Like I feel like as a society, if we could just stop at, you look really great in those earrings or I love your haircut or whatever that may be. I think that would be ideal. I realize yeah. we're not always quite there, but um, I just find that so fascinating that that would even be a thought process that anyone would yes. have to like like filters people, first of all, (laughs) we may need to have an episode about that. Um, but, but second of all, like that's the reason that you're able to pull those things off is because you're able to pull them not off, not because of any other thing, not because you're a mom, not because you're plus size, not because of anything. Right. It's because of you and who you are.
1: Right. And I think too, like I, I, I think I'm grateful in a way that people feel comfortable enough with me to say those things like I, you know, I used to probably be like, I can't believe. Maybe not used to. I could see how at times in my life I would have maybe heard those things and thought, I can't believe that people are focused on the fact that I'm a big girl, right? But for me, I feel so lucky that people are willing to trust me with their thoughts and their their compliments. Um, and I know that they generally mean it as a compliment. And maybe that's because we're in the Midwest. I don't know. Midwest nice is true. It's a thing. It does exist. <laughs> Because um, we have not lived in the Midwest before, and it's not there; it's not everywhere. So uh, maybe that's why. But I, I do think that, like, if there's just a way that, like, finding helping people find their voice, I think, is, is what fashion. It's it sounds, I think, kind of frivolous. Like I, I worry sometimes that, like I when I'm putting out pictures on Instagram and when I'm you know, posting about my outfit of the day, it's just like, at the end of my life, this is not gonna matter that I wore a Target top paired with Nordstrom pants and my dance go ankle boots. It's not gonna matter at all. And I don't want that to matter. That kind of stuff does not matter to me. But what does matter is the deeper message of, do you feel good about yourself? and do you feel like you have room to have that confidence and if not how can i potentially help you in either setting that example and or helping you get there and sometimes it's just being a resource for people so for example like someone will message me and be like i'm going on a cruise with my husband i'm a size 16 i've never been this heavy in my life and i have no idea where to shop for a cover-up okay well I the last time I was a 16 I was a senior in high school so like I'm familiar with shopping for cover-ups and so at that size or larger and so I'm like Land's End you can Land's End is your place to go for cover-ups and like this person messaged this was just a couple weeks ago the person messaged back she's like oh my gosh I would have never thought of Land's End thank you so much and she's like do you think I could get it this time of year I'm like you can get swimsuit cover-ups year-round at Land's End and they go all the way up to a 24 26 they also carry like plus size tall or plus size petite. She's like, how do you know all this? And I'm like, well, this is what I do in my free time, right? But I love being able to give people that knowledge because it it allows them then, I think I imagine her going on her cruise in December when she goes in some sort of cover up and feeling great about herself rather than feeling like I am pulling out some plus size t-shirt that I had to buy and make, make do. And that's my, that is why I put myself out there. It's not so that I get compliments. I mean, that's nice, right? Like that, that it does. It would be um, ridiculous for me to say that that doesn't feel good, but that's not the, that's not what drives me. It's, it's being a resource for people or helping other people figure out where their sources are. And so that they then can, become more confident in what they do. Yes, absolutely.
0: You know, it really sounds like you're almost like, I'll go first so that you know, it's okay. I love yeah. that. I really, yeah. That. I, and that
1: wasn't, that definitely wasn't the goal. Instagram in a way that community holds me accountable too. So recently, like I, I put myself out there for a different opportunity for a job. And um, I had said in one of my stories on Instagram that I was going to do it. And then I felt like I didn't get, well, okay, so I didn't get it. Um, and that that is not a common experience for me, but I usually don't go for things unless I know that I'm good at it or that I'm qualified. So there's a lot to unpack there. We clearly don't have time for that. <laughs> but, um, but I think for me, it held me accountable to really processing the fact that, okay, I didn't get it, and now I do feel like I have to kind of report back to these supporters in this community but to show that what have I learned from the process. And so it forced me in a, in a really healthy and good way, I think, to process a lot more quickly than maybe what I would have naturally done that on my own. And it's like, okay, on to the next steps. Um, and I've found for the most part, the community that is on Instagram is really positive and really supportive. Um, I don't feel the same about Facebook. I don't, I don't put any of this kind of stuff out on Facebook. I feel like Facebook is like, you know, happy birthday. Like, I don't know, like, uh, here's our Christmas card on Facebook. So you can see that we still have two kids and everything's going well. People, <laughs> right. right. We're still functioning. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. And I do every once in a while mention on Facebook that I'm doing this kind of stuff on Instagram, but I do feel like it's kind of two separate lanes in my life. um, because I feel like this community on Instagram really tends to a lot of women I think are private. They have their account set as private or they'll direct message me or they'll say here. I tried this leopard scarf, but like I did leopard week a couple of weeks ago and it was like just challenging people to wear something leopard, like a leopard scarf, a pair of earrings, a belt, a pair of shoes, a sweater, whatever. And, um, People would send me like pictures of them doing it, but they they weren't to the point yet of posting. And that's fine. That's totally fine. But I think it's interesting to me that there is a space to share that in a way where women are willing to offer feedback, but also be encouraging to one another. And that that's not happening in our daily lives. And I, it, it's kind of sad that that doesn't happen in our daily lives. But I'm thankful that we have, this platform to be able to do those things for one another
0: yes absolutely you know I think that that the fact that they um even feel comfortable sending you pictures I mean how amazing and I think what you said earlier about like at, at the end of the day and truly if you think about the impact that you have had on people and can continue to have on people like it's not just clothes and that's what I think it's really important for everyone to understand is it's not just clothes um it it's really just, I I feel like it's like showing up in our own lives in a way that we feel the best able to and feel comfortable in. And that does change how you interact. That changes jobs you may go for. That changes people you may be willing to meet. I mean, it, it changes everything.
1: Yeah. And I think too, for me, authenticity and being genuine is, is at my core, probably the two biggest qualities and characteristics Of people that I try and surround myself with like a sense of humor is a close number three Um, but being authentic and being genuine to whoever you are and so like my husband and I are pretty different in a lot of ways Um, thankfully we're both planners so that we don't fight each other on that but um, he's extremely introverted I'm pretty extroverted we have one kid like one of us one kid like the other one but I think I'm really lucky in the fact that the majority of the people that I surround myself in my life with are genuine and authentic in what they do. And if they're not, I have developed the courage over the last couple of years to just kind of say, not in a mean way. I'm not trying to be mean about it, but it, maintaining relationships or the goal of maintaining relationships that are not authentic or genuine were affecting me to the point where I felt like I was managing my reaction or my expectations. And a lot of that was related to how I was showing up like dressed for things. So like simple things like I'm obligated to wear X or I'm obligated to go to this. And it's like, do I really want to do that? No, I don't. And so and why don't I, you know, like go a level deeper. Why don't I? Well, I don't because of this. And so I think for me, um, identifying those two characteristics has been what has then led me to Instagram and saying, okay, if I get a fake vibe from people at all, or if I feel like people, like, I feel like I say all the time on Instagram, like, I'm not pushing this on you guys, or I hope you don't feel like you're being sold to, cause I'm not selling anything or anything like that. Although I understand a lot of people do do that and that's Okay. But to me, if someone's going to sell me something, I want to know that they're actually using it, that they've really worn it, for example. You know, like I know a lot of influencers and stuff will get boxes of stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, you can put it on, take a picture, and then put it right back in the box. Mm -hmm. And that to me, I'm like, uh uh-uh. I I don't have – because like for shoes, do you actually wear those shoes out of the house? Do you walk from a parking lot into your office in those shoes and then wear them throughout the day at your office? No, because – your lifestyle is potentially an Instagram influencer where you don't have to do that stuff anymore. So I think that that's kind of where some people will connect with me in a different way because I can be like, I'm still wearing this outfit at nine o'clock at night and I just got done with a program and I presented to X amount of people today and then I taught and then I had this program. And so it's like, oh, that carried her through a 13 hour day and I can pick up that piece and that piece from Target. So for me, I think it's that genuineness is different and that's what I look for in people. And so I have a few key friends in my life and my husband too, that will check me on that on a regular basis. Like I'm always like, if it's, if I'm coming off as being something that I'm not, tell me and, and they do. And I'm lucky for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. To have people like that in your life. I will say real quick, and then I want to ask you a really fun question, but I I will say that I 100% agree with the Facebook and Instagram, and I'm not really sure why why the worlds are, are so different. Um, but, but it is just different and not that one yes. is necessarily better than the other or anything like that. I think it really depends on like your purpose of being on there, if that makes sense mm-hmm. too. But I just think it's two completely different environments. And I think it's mm-hmm. easier to connect with other people on Instagram too, for whatever reason. I'm not sure why, I agree. But it does feel like that.
1: I, it feels like the motivation of why people are on Instagram are, is different. I don't know what that is, but it feels like their reason for coming is different. I hardly ever get trolled on Instagram. There's been like a couple things that have happened to me in two years of posting, but like I can put myself up as a size 24 in a bikini. Yep. Bikini. That's, I mean, that's loose a two piece. And you know, there was a moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to post this picture. But then I did it and Oh my, it was so free. Yes. And honestly, since that point I'm like, well, if I did that, then then I can post not whatever else you know like I'm not doing like bra ads or something, right. or something like that. But <laughs> I mean third love don't come for me I don't even like third love bras but anyway oh, same
0: same I, I don't like, know why everyone I mean, loves them I'm like what I is this <laughs>
1: I'm like it's not and I've tried it a couple times too. and I'm like sending all that foam cup stuff back that yes. is not meant no, no I agree it just yeah, I'm just going to keep going to Kohl's. It's fine. So yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's stuff, you know, like I went to Soma. I did the I tried the big expensive stuff. I bought like one really nice bra, but honestly, the wires dig in and like it's all up in my arms and what it's stuff like that that I feel like I'm that's missing from the realness is missing from the plus size. I think there are regular size people doing that. I I do feel like there are regular size like American Eagle jeans, they fall off my butt. I don't know. I don't wear those jeans. That's not what I'm saying. But I do feel like there are people giving those honest reviews. I don't see a lot of that when it comes to workwear or women of kind of that, of my age bracket, I would say like late twenties to early forties or even fifties up in there that are giving those honest reviews
0: Mm
1: -hmm. to be like these underwear actually stay in place. Yeah. Or like, yeah, I get my bra. Someone asked me at work the other day. They're like, we know you do a lot of shopping, but where do you get your bras? I'm like, I go to Kohl's. Like that buy two, get one free or whatever. And then you use your 30% off Kohl's coupon and you get your Kohl's kit. I don't know. Like it's, those are my ride or die bras. And I rebuy them every four months. And at that price point, instead of the 80 or $90 price point, yes, I can do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's fantastic. So what I'm really curious about too, as we're wrapping things up here is, you know, what are like the must haves for this season or looking, you know, looking into next season, whatever, however you want to approach that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was thinking about this and I think a striped shirt, no matter what the season is a must have in my opinion. And, um, because I think it does give you a little visual difference and pattern play without going like way outside of whatever comfort zone for me if I had to pick it would be black and white like with the primary primary color being white with a thin black stripe um but it could be navy and white if that's your preference and it could be a color but I think black and white is the most neutral and the most versatile the black and white shirt that I get the most wear out of is a three-quarter length sleeve because I can wear that in almost every season um and so you compare it with skirts, jeans, um, workwear stuff, blazers. I mean, you really compare it with almost everything. So for me, that's like a classic piece. Denim jackets never go anywhere. Um, I love my denim jacket from Marisa's. If you have bigger arms, finding a denim jacket where you can drive in it, like yes. that, that is a hunt. You are You are like officially you are curating the world of denim jackets out there. So the ones that I have found that work really well, Maurice's has a really, and it's the Maurice's brand. They do have other ones in store. And like Maurice's I think is like a teeny bopper type of store It has that, but they carry up to a size 24 and there are some hidden gems in there. Um, and that's the kind of thing like, do I feel comfortable walking into a Maurice's? Not all the time, but I still go in there and try some things on. And then every once in a while I find something so that's um, Target has an okay option and then Walmart has an okay option, but Walmart's option is if you're a 20 or smaller that has good stretch in the arms so you can still drive. That's my that's my key. Um, for winter, I think winter coats are a struggle for larger women. Um, my go-to for winter coats is Land's End. I think that they offer the most size inclusive. They also offer plus size petites. And what I find, I joke a lot with a lot of people that I talk to about like, if. so I'm 5'4". But I'm like, if I was 5'11", I wouldn't be a size 24. Because all of this would stretch out, right? Like, I mean, at 5'4", you're just, you're cramming it down and I get wider. Right?
0: So
1: what I like about Land's End is I feel like their plus size petite offerings for their coats is a really well-developed line. Um, And they also then adjust like where your zippers will hit so that when you get in the car, you can still drive like wearing your coat or your jacket. Walmart has some really good cheap options out. Like I have two parkas from Walmart for this year and last year that I got and they were both under $50 and I like them just as well as my $150 lands end coats. Um, Obviously the quality is just a little bit different but I do buy a new winter coat almost every year because around here, I mean, just like for you, right? That's, oh, yeah. you're wearing that more than anything, I'm I'm sure. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, so other things that I think, I do, I think wearing color and mixing colors, that jewel tone, like thinking like berry color. So think like if you had a fuchsia and you had like a deep plum, I think that that kind of color mixing like tone on tone of just one or two shades off from one another I think that's coming and I will be interested to see how that plays out in plus land um, because I get concerned sometimes with how some of the designers do it for us it's like you go into bright colors and all of a sudden they start putting like flower power type stuff out there and it's like not every every large woman wants to wear large flowers across her chest <laughs> Right? like
0: 100%. please don't
1: Right. Please don't do that to us. Like we're not, we're not in it for that. We're not in it for, you know, Paisley where it looks like you're trying to find Where's Waldo on your shirt. Like it's that, and I get so annoyed. I walk into a store and I'm like, well, no wonder everybody thinks they don't have options because this is the stuff you put out. But that's because that's what the market is dictating. So that's why I shop the majority of the stuff that I shop online, because I find a lot of the brands that do offer plus, you won't go into a Nordstrom. We don't have a Nordstrom around us. At all. So I do all my Nordstrom shopping online. You don't go into a Nordstrom and see Plus. You just don't. They maybe have something hidden somewhere, like in one or two places. But you will go into a Nordstrom and you might look at something and be like, oh, that's a really pretty color. And then get on your phone and see, do they carry something similar in Plus? Then you order it and you try it on at home. And then you ship it back for free if it doesn't work. So that's how I shop. Um, and I also, that's how I watch the trends. Um, is to see what's coming out and see what's usually it comes out in the regular sizes first before they release the plus stuff.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. You know, um, there is a store up here that is so cute. It's called Voxy and it's, and yeah, it's in Fargo and Grand Forks. And Mary is the owner of it. I interviewed her on the podcast as well. Um, and I can't remember the exact, exact statistics, so I don't want to throw out random numbers, but she was sharing like, the percentage of women who are size 16 or above in the United States. And it was like insane considering that um, the majority of clothing and like stores are, are not focused on the largest percentage of women. Right. And it I was
1: think the, yeah. the latest I heard was like 68%. And I don't know where that stat is from. Yeah. Or it might even be higher than that because I think the number I was hearing was like 18 and above. So, and sometimes they consider plus 12 and above or 14 and above. I get so annoyed with brands that use a 12 size 12 model and say that that is plus. Yep. And I'm like, why don't you put them, why don't you put a size 20 in that or 22? And then, and then people can see what it actually might look like on them. Yeah. Because we know what it looks like on a 12. It's no different than what it's going to look like on an eight.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I,
1: I mean, I don't know. I I get frustrated with them about that stuff because- what they consider plus is not really
0: plus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the other thing too is, um, I know that you hit on this this earlier as well. I think it's really important for people to note that, um, you know, the, the, at least for me, and it sounds like for you as well, like the main thing is just to have, like be inclusive for all people. Like that's really the goal. All people, right? And so, like, regardless of, of what spectrum people are on, um, but I will say, I mean, it is frustrating. I remember being younger; I would go shopping with friends, and I would just like look at the racks, like, can't wear that, can't wear that, can't wear right? that. Right? Like, you, you remember
1: know. Z cavarici's They didn't go up past a thirteen yeah. in the jeans section. Yep. Nope. And I would like longingly look at the five button jeans.
0: Yes. And- <laughs>
1: yes. Think, there was no way. Like, I had the mom pooch. Before I left high school, and I didn't have, I mean, I didn't have kids until we were 29. So, like, yes. <laughs> like I, I just remember thinking, uh, what was the store that had, I'm trying to think, there was a store in our mall that had, like, up to a 16, New York and Company. Oh, yes. New York and Company had up to a size 16. And I remember thinking, I just hoped that my girlfriend would stop in there to shop so that I could also shop with them, but I never said anything about, I mean, even when I was a teenager, you know, like with my close friends, they'd go into buckle and the buckle people would look me up and down. I was 16 years old
0: Yes. and money
1: burning a hole in my pocket, you know, very little money, but at the time I thought I did. And I would feel like, okay, I can go look at jewelry. I can look at the scarves. I could look at a hat, um, accessories. And then that way I could say, Oh, I got this at the buckle. Yeah, and that mentality and mindset, I think, follows us into adulthood
0: mm-hmm.
1: in in a very real way. Um, but plus size women retailers would be smart if they tapped into us because generally we're pretty accomplished people. Yeah, <laughs> like as a group, um, we're generally pretty on point. And I think it's because we've always I don't I don't know I'm making generalizations, but for myself anyway, it's kind of like there's always been this idea of well, I'll show you like,
0: yeah, like
1: watch me, you know, kind of this attitude of like, all right, well, if you think I can't, I can. So watch. Um, and so not that that's my main motivator, but I do think that that's comes into it. So then I think we have money to spend, put it out there. And I think that's why target's doing a good job. I mean, they, they have things they could improve on. um, I, I don't know. I feel like there is the generation coming up—the high schoolers and the college students that I work with now. There is a different mindset coming of young women. It is different. They like they will rock a crop top if they are a size twenty and they don't blink an eye. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Girl, you go." Now I'm not rocking a crop top, crop <laughs> crock pot or a crop <laughs> top. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm not doing either. Um, and so. I incur- I am in- impressed I am encouraged and I am reassured that the messaging must be different it 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 must be different for them um, and I I'm, I'm really I'm really hopeful that that's the case but that doesn't change I think kind of my group our group you know of we're still navigating this and I think we owe it to ourselves to figure this all out because we're raising the next generation
0: yep.
1: of setting good examples of it's okay to be proud of who you are and dress dress the body that you have like every everybody everybody is worth dressing
0: mm-hmm.
1: everybody is for everybody like it's just I think that idea of Dressing the body that you have now and appreciating the body that you have is so key. Yes, It's just like this body of mine. Yes. It's a size 24. Um, currently it has been all the way down to a 12. It has like before we had our first son, I was down to a 12 and then it's been up to a 26 or a 28 at one point. But you know what? It allows me to do so many awesome things. Yes. And it like, I owe it that respect And I, I need to, I owe myself that respect to dress myself in a way that shows that I appreciate myself. Yes,
0: absolutely. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing your heart with that. Um, I have just one question I want to ask you right before we end, before, excuse me, before we end here. And it's really about like, who sticks out in your mind as like the biggest encouragers throughout your life? it's kind of hard to pinpoint just a few. So if you need to expand, feel free.
1: (laughs) No, no. I, I, I think this is going to maybe sound corny. Um, I don't know. It's my husband and like, we do not, we do not have a perfect marriage at all. And it would be unrealistic to say that we do. Um, but he is the first person that I ever met that I felt like, I truly understood what it felt like to truly be loved and fully loved unconditionally. Like in a way that was so comforting, almost to the point where it made me uncomfortable because I was like, when is the bottom going to drop out of this? And we've been together now for 13, 14 years and um, married for like 11 or I don't even know. I don't know. See, it doesn't matter to me. Um, 11 or 12 Um, but I think he is such a supporter of my dreams and he's also very practical. And so he will listen. He's such a good listener. I'm an external processor. Obviously I talk everything out. He's an internal processor. Um, he sees the dynamic in our relationship is oftentimes people will say things like, you're so lucky to have Ryan you're so lucky to have Ryan. He's such a saint. And sometimes I am like, darn it. I do good things too. Like I, and he's like, I know you do good things, but he doesn't talk about it because he's so introverted. He doesn't process externally. So he's not running around being like, she lined up our whole family vacation. I love her for that. She's such a great planner. Or, um, (laughs) once again, she got all the family outfits ordered and ready for family pictures. Like I, it's that kind of stuff, you know, like uh, the mental load that I think a lot of us women carry. He does respect and appreciate in a way that it's, I feel seen in my work and my contributions within our family. And our gender roles often are flipped as to what they should be. But because of that, I feel like it's because he knows my natural tendencies or skill set is to do other things so like I don't clean bathrooms I don't do the laundry Um, I, I do menu planning and I do all the grocery shopping but he generally cooks most of the meals because he's usually home on time I'm not home on time because I usually stay late with my students and so it's stuff like that that he just accepts me and truly honors me and that was the point in my life where it shifted like To know that someone just at your core, in your hardest points, loves you no matter what. I have never once questioned if that man will be there. And it's given me the courage to then step out in all these other
0: ways. Yes. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I have like chills over here listening to you. I love that so much. And I have to be honest, it really reminds me a lot of my husband as well and our relationship. Um, You know, I often think it's interesting that people say, you know, you have to love yourself first before you can love someone else. And I honestly think that that is some bullshit. I'm just going to say it like it is because knowing how much he loves me and the really just like raw authentic way that he does that allowed me to learn how to love myself in a different way.
1: Right. I agree. Like, I don't think I could have learned to love myself in the way that I do currently had he not loved me as hard as he did first. Yes. Because I had never felt that I had never, I had never truly felt love that was without an or, or a, but, or a something else attached to it, or at least my perception of it. I'm not saying others weren't trying to give it to me that way, but with him, it was just, it was just so solid. Like all encompassing, all encompassing, and I think too, having that has given me the foundation to be able to cut other things out of my life that are not healthy. Yes, like I still am addicted to Starbucks and Diet Coke; those are not going anywhere. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> You're like they're here to stay. They're here
1: to stay. They are. here to stay they they are present almost at all times. Yeah. But there are other things where it's like boundaries are important. And I know I have the, the support, the love and the backing for myself, but also of him to be able to do that.
0: Yes, that's fantastic. I'm really glad that you found him and he found you cool. and you guys are together. That's amazing. It's just interesting how life works out and where we end up and who knows where we'll go from here. And that kind of makes it I know. exciting.
1: It does. Like it's, it's every day, right? You show yes. up every day hoping for the best. And um, I think two years ago, I would have never imagined that. I would be asked to have this conversation with someone for a podcast, Yeah. but how fun. Like I'm seriously, I was so excited to have this conversation today and just to like really even just think about some of these things because it, I haven't really reflected much as to why or how I do, or I am doing what I'm doing, but it's things happen for a reason. I truly believe that.
0: Oh yes. Yeah, absolutely. Can I
1: make, can I make two book recommendations? Real yes, quick before absolutely. We go, okay, because There were two books in my process that I think were pretty pivotal Pivotal in my... So um, the first one is Present Over Perfect. Um,
0: Yes, love
1: it. For me, I I am not a very religious person, but there are religious overtones in the book. Not overtones. There are religious parts of the book. But I bring that up because I still felt like I 1,000% connected with the book. And there have been books where there's a religious piece to it where then for me that doesn't always connect but in this book i just was like thank you i bought like four copies and started passing them out i was like you need this book you need the." i don't know you but you need this book i'm just like you need this book okay and then the other one um is things no one will tell fat girls it's by jess baker and it there are it is somewhat vulgar um at different points like you will read the F word, different things like that. So if that turns people off, <laughs> that's something to be aware of. But I feel like she really gets at the identity and the experience of what it's like to like walk into a life situation and, and know that you might be different. Mm-hmm. So even like shopping, like on her blog, at one point she talked about shopping for a mattress shopping for a mattress for a big person, especially if you're married or dating or partners with a big person, that's a totally different thing than shopping for two average-sized people, right? And so just stuff like that that I just was like – I really identified with that book, and it's got good humor, and it was a quick read, and it just really made me think, like, it's okay to show up in an unapologetic way Mm -hmm. and be who I am. And, again, it's there's some – stuff in there, which I thought was fun to read, but I should warn other people that... (laughs) (laughs) it might be like I can't imagine my mom enjoying that book because it's too
0: vulgar (laughs) no that's awesome I'm so glad that you shared those I have read the present over perfect and it is absolutely fantastic 100% and I wrote down the other one as well so I'm definitely going to check that out because it it does sound like my kind of book so I love that (laughs) I love that so much you know um Julie Murphy have you read any of her books like pudding dumpling um there's oh I've heard of of them yeah um you know she is just so fantastic um I would follow if I would recommend following her on Instagram. I think it's, um, oh, I can't remember her handle, but you would be able to find it by just searching Julie um, Murphy. And uh, what I love about her books is, you know, they're I, I feel like they're more written, like, quite honestly, probably for, like, teenage, young adults, you know. But what I love about it is a lot of times some of the main characters are bigger people. And what I think is fantastic is often that is not the case, and honestly, I shared with some friends after I read, um, I read, which one did I read first? Dumplin' first, yeah, and then in. And when I read that, I was like, you know what? I really feel like had I had this when I, when I was younger, this would have helped me a lot to know that it's okay. Because in all of the books, the people are showing up as themselves authentically in tough situations, but actually showing up. And so I 100% would recommend those as well.
1: Have you watched the series Shrill with no. AD Bryant? oh my gosh get ready. okay so you can it's on hulu okay and there's um season one has six episodes and then season two is going to release january 24th with six episodes and they all release at the same time so they're not going to make us so we can all binge watch together um and it is amazing it's all about like a large girl's experience and like oh my it i cannot recommend it enough it's funny it's like it's good it's um like about what her experience is like at work she's a writer she's smart there's comedy to it as well it's just there's so much with that that I recommended it to a couple people that I knew would likely like it they're like this is like my life and but not like none of us are going to fat girl pool parties at least I don't know anyone that's actually done that but in this in the series she does and it's just like the way that they produce this is so good. I just, I'd recommend it.
0: That's fantastic. I would sign up for a pool party like that, to be honest with you. I vote. I mean, I live in, you know, where it's always freezing. We could only do it like
1: what, in August? Right. Maybe. In the Midwest? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe.
0: I love that so much. (laughs) Just one more time before we go, can you tell everyone where to find you on Instagram again?
1: Yes. So um, one real mama. So um, O N E and then real r-e-a-l and then mama m-o-m-m-a and i'll be there that's- and i plan to start a blog but i have the website bought but i don't have it up yet just so that i can link to stuff easier for people not to like sell to you all but at least to get links up for you guys so you can find stuff better
0: yeah that's fantastic well thank you so much for taking some time today and talking with me i enjoyed our conversation and i know that listeners are going to as well
1: well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, absolutely.
0: Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to wwwkellysissoncom backslash podcast where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. See you next week for another episode.